Hey, Dylan. Yeah, I'm just finishing up the notes right now. Uh, this episode, I think, is going to be really good. Is the uh, live stream set up and ready to go? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, Jacob should be over here in just a few minutes. Why? You had me. You have a question for me. Well, what what is it? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. I know you're asking a serious question, Dila. I just couldn't quite pass that up. Uh, Out of curiosity, how come you're asking? The last couple movies, well, this last movie and uh, this one are, you're, you're not quite understanding what's going on? You understand what's going on and why they're acting that way, but you don't know what it is. You don't understand what love is. Well, Dila, that's kind of a, hard question i mean love is love i mean it's part emotion it's part commitment i mean there's a whole chapter in the bible hang on let me bring that up right quick yeah uh you know in the bible it says you know that in first corinthians chapter 13 starting in verse 4 love is patient and kind does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it's not irritable or resentful it doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But I mean, love is, I mean, there's a lot, love is a lot of things. I mean, it's, you can have brotherly love. You can have the, uh, the love of, compa- of companionship, uh, love with, uh, with a, uh, family, familial love. You can have, uh, or there's, uh, unconditional love that we have with god but uh ain't, ain't, are, are you saying you might be feeling some some form of love deedla you don't know you don't even know if it's even possible for you to feel love well i mean deedla i have a lot of questions myself about what precisely you are i mean i know to for some degree I know the easiest term you've said that you are that I would understand would be an artificial intelligence because you were artificially created, but somehow you got a seed of the person who programmed you in it. I I don't get the whole thing and you don't understand it yourself too much. Yeah, I, I get it, Dela. I get it. I mean, that same seed was copied across all your for lack of a better term, brothers and sisters. Dilet, I don't know the answer. Um, I mean, I'll help you as much as I can, but, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I can help you. And I appreciate that. By the way, did you get those coordinates to get, they'll get us to uh, Ogasawara so we can be on the uh, Monster Island film vault there with Nate Marchand? I mean, we are going to transport over there just as soon as the uh, the show finishes. Good. Those are ready to go. Awesome. All right. Well, Jacob should be here any minute. Uh, I need to get my notes finished. Is that all right? Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I'll let you know when we're ready to start. All right. The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience.
welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's feeling a little bit chilly. Welcome, Jacob. Why, thank you. Let me introduce our, co- our co-host, a man who isn't going to sink down to the cooler. <laughs> welcome, Drew. How are you doing, Jacob? <laughs> I am feeling much better than I was a couple of hours ago. Much better, but thank you. Well, that's good. <laughs> So, uh, getting into our trivia before we get into this thing, uh, we're, of course, reviewing Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero this week, and the trivia question is, what movie caused this movie to be delayed? Dum, dum, dum. Do you know the answer? I think you did, because oh, you gave me the question. Yes, I do. <laughs> and it is? It was the um, lukewarm, or cold perception of 1997's Batman and Robin. Indeed. Which both Jack Cornwall and Josh Adams got correct. Yes. Although Josh Adams says it was a tragedy. I disagree. (laughs) But then I like that movie for reasons the director does not want me to like that movie for. Oh, okay. I like it for the cheese factor. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's a fun movie to make fun of. Yes, it is. But, uh, I, I know I know so many people it's like oh I really love the film it's it's got a, a it kind of arcs back to Batman 66 and it's like well yeah no part- <laughs> I, I was going to say because I know you're a no, huge fan of 66 I am a huge fan of 66 this is not that yeah. people say that because it's campy yeah people don't realize there's good camp and there's bad camp yeah agreed this ain't good camp uh <laughs> But uh, Stephanie Russell did have a guess as well, but she said uh, she made a completely off-the-wall guess and said 9-11 was the reason it was delayed. Mm. 9-11's not a movie. Um, September 11, 2001. Yes. Yes. There was a there was a movie about the World Trade Center. Yeah, but that was years later. Bombing. It was years Odd- later, Oddly en- I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, oddly enough, be like Arnold Schwarzenegger film was actually delayed due to 9-11 because he was a uh, he he played in a film that was coming out in 2000, 2001 but it was delayed right. due to that so there's a connection right so yeah stephanie you didn't quite get there but thank you for trying but i can understand why you may have thought that even though this movie came out about four years before that yeah uh, <laughs> so how are you doing jacob man i am doing much better than i did be- earlier uh i <laughs> i went to go check out this customer i was just coming back from lunch Ooh, where i work checking out a customer hush i can make this i have joke. i have a girlfriend now come on i can make this joke because i used to be a cashier at a, at a grocery store <laughs> i am allowed to make this joke yes you are yes you are yeah you were checking them out <laughs> yeah i checked out a lot of customers in my day what of it uh, so either way, I am assisting 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 a customer with a purchase, and the the man he reeks of tobacco, mm-hmm. of smoked tobacco, and I'm very allergic to tobacco. And months be like, if you didn't know about me, I'm at, I, I'm 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 I am tongue tied. I apparently am. Also, I'm I'm a mild asthmatic. Mm-hmm. So I check this guy out. It's probably he's in line probably three minutes. Right. Three minutes, get him checked out, done. Hold my breath the whole bit because it's like it's just overwhelming, overwhelming. So I check him out. 
probably less than five to 10 minutes. I start, I can't catch my breath <laughs> literally. So I'm starting to have an asthma attack. So I, I finally get all my people done and they're like, dude, you know, do whatever you need to. So I was having a full blown asthma attack. I don't have an inhaler. So I literally, I go grab a rag and hot water, breathe into that, take some, uh, some young, uh, young living essential oils that I have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I started using that. Then a friend of ours, a friend of ours, Wendy, thank you, Miss Wendy for that. Uh, you're a lifesaver in that way. Uh, in many ways in that way, uh, came to my aid with some more young living oils to help me with it. And I was able to breathe, but I, I left work for the day because mm-hmm. Whenever you have an asthma attack, for those who know what an asthma attack is like, it is be like it'll take everything out of you. So I was completely, utterly just useless by the end of it. So I left work, went home, relaxed, and then got nose ready for here. And so I'm, yeah. Uh, but also, uh, like I said before, I actually am dating. Uh, uh, me and someone. <laughs> uh, Took you long enough. Yeah. I think to you're... announce it. Announce like a month. <laughs> Dude. A less than a month. I had to edit out a part of the podcast last I know. Week because of my slip up because <laughs> y'all weren't ready yet. And then at the end of the week, before the episode even comes out, <laughs> you become Facebook official. But either hey. way. Yeah. Either or. So I'm so me and my girlfriend Ashley. Hi Ashley. Yeah, hi uh, Ashley. Um I'm only messing with him. You, I like. <laughs> what are you implying there? I'm implying I'm on her side. Okay. That's what I'm implying. <laughs> I question her choices, but to each her own. I'll shut up now before she throws something at me. She's not here, but she will no. throw something at me <laughs> she the next would, time I see yes, her. Yes, she would throw something at you. <laughs> But either or, we went to uh, Longview, which is a t- which is a town in East in East Texas, to go see Stephen Curtis Chapman in concert. Uh, if you don't know who Stephen Curtis Chapman in Chapman is, go look him up. Uh, very good uh, Christian songwriter, storyteller, has been around for like thirty five years. Either or, we saw we saw him, and then Saturday we had uh, a luncheon with her mom and Tyler. So it was a very roundabout great weekend. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it's been a very fun weekend minus all asthma attack today. Other than that, doing fantastic. You? I've had a good week. That's good. It's been a little long. It was a good weekend. A lot of watching a lot of stuff to, you know, get ready for some things that are happening later this week that is true but uh yeah i had a good week i watched a well i'll get to what i was watching here in a bit Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it was a good weekend i played well i'll just go ahead and go into what i've been watching and playing because apparently that's what i want to talk about apparently go for it yeah uh, i watched along with this movie i watched the heart of ice Mm -hmm. and what is the name of that second one? Uh, Go for it. We're both grabbing for the... Because they know it's listed on the back here. Mm-hmm. Deep Freeze. Deep Freeze, yeah. I watched both of those episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. 
because this is a part three, technically, of a trilogy of stories. Um, I remember seeing Heart of Ice back when it mm. originally aired. Somehow, I think I missed Deep Freeze. Mm. Which is interesting when you consider how much shade they throw at Walt Disney throughout that entire episode. Really? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I remember He's that. He's got a experimental t- a city of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like Epcot. I, yeah. He wants to live forever Her? through cryogenic freezing. There is that rumor that Disney was doing that and his, his disembodied head is frozen in the... Uh, uh, Utilidors at the bottom of Walt Disney World, they clank. It's uh, a rumor. It's I a rumor. Don't believe it, but that's the story. Yeah. And he'll freeze and to it. He's got a lot of animatronic <laughs> things at this amusement park <laughs> that he built so he would have the excuse to build his community. That's kind of why they built uh, the Magic Kingdom first at Walt Disney World before they were going to build Epcot. But the Epcot we got was not the Epcot that he envisioned. Mm hmm. So because he died before before they he could build died it. died before Magic Kingdom got built. Exactly. Before ground even broke at Magic Kingdom, if I remember correctly. But uh yeah, that was a lot of shade to throw <laughs> a, at a Walt lot. Disney mm-hmm. throughout that entire episode. It's like, good night, Warner Brothers. Show <laughs> some respect for the dead. <laughs> it's been what, 30, 40 years since he passed? Come on now. <laughs> oh yeah, and his name was something Walter. Yeah, Walter. Like, yeah. Really? Walter is Disney's first name. Yeah. I I I may have guessed but missed it. I think his first th- this guy's first name was Elias. Elias oh, Walter. Oh jeez. That, that's that's it's, that's like saying Disney without actually saying Disney. Or just his last name's Diz or something like that. Be like that's just even worse. Uh, either or. Marks, but moving yeah, on. Yeah, either or. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. You All didn't right. even know you were making a Kingdom Hearts reference. That's what makes I... it good. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched those two episodes preceding this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then watched uh, three episodes of Godzilla the series because Roar. Jacob and I are going to be on mm-hmm. be on Monster Island Film Vault later this week. Patrons, check your uh, patron messages. You may have see something there you might want to be involved with, assuming you're watching this live. Anyway, <laughs> that won't work for you people who are listening to this after the fact. Anyway, um, yeah, we're going to be reviewing three episodes mm-hmm. of uh, Godzilla the series over there Roar. on Monster on Film Vault. If you remember, he was on our uh, Nathan was on our uh, Rumble, Rumble episode. Yes. So uh, I I don't I, I will definitely link that episode when it comes out, but I don't know how, when it's coming out. But okay. we're recording that later this week. Okay. Uh, also, I bought a new game. Really? What did you buy? Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Oh, more Final Fantasy. Are you aware of the game Dynasty Warriors? I've heard of it, yes. Okay. I don't know why I brought Dynasty Warriors up, because I just realized this is not a Dynasty warriors S game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is made by... The same team is made by Team Ninja over at uh, Koei Tecmo. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. <laughs> um, I, you, unfortunately, the only other game I can think of that they've made that I know the name of is the much derided Metroid Other M on the Wii. Okay. <laughs> That's not a good comparison. 
but uh what strangers of paradise is is actually a remake of sorts of the original final fantasy okay i say of sorts Hmm. because tetsuya nomura did the um character designs okay and randomly like songs that don't fit the uh high fantasy aesthetic and clothes that don't fit the high fantasy aesthetic Mm. and uh there's a lot of weirdness in this game, I'm going to say. Okay. But it's kind of fun. It's okay. There are they one of the other things they're doing is they're throwing allusions to other Final Fantasy games on top of it. Mm, okay. So for instance, the uh if I say Cactar, do you know what I'm talking about? Captar. Yeah. It's essentially a cactus monster that is a very Final Fantasy esque oh, okay. uh, thing. It kinda looks like a uh well, I'm not gonna say what it looks like. Um <laughs> They were not in Final Fantasy One. Okay. I don't remember when they got introduced, but they're in this game. All right. So it's like that's interesting. The uh, second dungeon looks like it's based on a dungeon from Final Fantasy Fourteen. Okay. In aesthetics. Hmm. So yeah, that was it. It's an interesting game so far. Alrighty. Uh, other than that, that's about all I've been watching and playing. Huh. I think you're missing one thing. Oh, I didn't mention Konosuba. You did not mention Konosuba. Maybe I was leaving that for you. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about Konosuba. Yeah. So we were over at our uh, traditional Sunday night Bible study uh, with Chase, who's a friend of friend of the friend of the show. He's been on the show for what was was on our Tron episode. Tron episode. So go check that one out. Uh, so we watched Konosuba. I can't remember what episode we watched. Like most of season two. Season two was like four or five episodes. I think it was four episodes, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. That show got funnier in its second season. Oh, absolutely. The timing is mm. amazing. <laughs> Especially when he go- leaves her in the bottom of that dungeon. And he just goes, Lurk. <laughs> <laughs> That was... A- it's like, I wasn't expecting it to go that fast. But anyway. Yeah, so it's funny. Is it for, you know, do you want your kids watching this? Probably not. No. No. <laughs> but overall, I it's... Mean, there is an in-silhouette clothes-changing scene. There is. Them. There are. And... Uh, oh, my gosh. At one point together. Yeah, that's true. They so, don't yeah. see anything, but... Yeah, definitely not for kids. Definitely not for kids. But it's a, it's a fun series. It's funny. It's very much like a satire of things. And it's just hilarious. Oh yeah. Uh, other than that, like Drew had mentioned earlier, uh, I'm we are doing a review with uh, Monster Island Film Bolt for uh, Godzilla the series. Rawr. Uh, I like to do that anytime I see Godzilla. Rawr. Right. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be doing that. So I, I'll watch. He recommended three. We're going to review three. So I review We're reviewing three. I I suggested watching three more episodes for context. Yes. Which context is I mean, always good. And here's the thing. It is a Saturday morning cartoon. It's one of the last Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. Or what I think of a Saturday morning cartoon. Because right. after this, they get even cheaper than... I think they just dive headfirst into only doing like anime stuff for, mm. after that for a while. Or really cheesy educational garbage. Yeah, of course. But uh, I suggested these... I suggested the, yeah, for context reasons, I suggested three more episodes than what we're reviewing. Mm-hmm. 
And since it's Saturday morning cartoon, you really don't have to watch everything to keep up with it. So no. I just suggested the first two episodes because it sets everything up. Mm-hmm. And then an episode that technically is the, 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 the third episode is technically a sequel to. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it was uh, New Family Parts 1 and 2, Cat and Mouse. And then the three we're reviewing are uh, Winter of Our Discontent, mm-hmm. uh, Frost, fr- I think it's Freeze Warning, or Frost like, Warning, something like and that. then Lizard Season. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Good luck finding that if you don't already own the DVD, because I can't find it streaming anywhere. <laughs> I was curious, because I was going to look it up and s- to suggest to people, but it ain't out there anywhere. Interesting. All right, so yeah, that is all I've been watching. Well, what do we got in the news? Uh, I checked. Nothing really. <laughs> well, I did see one small tangential thing. What's that? You don't have anything. Okay. Today, uh, Microsoft. And I got. By the way, I got this news off IGN since we do cite our sources on okay. the show, even though I forget to. Okay. But Microsoft has a contest going on right now. Really. Where you can. Uh, Enter to win a a, a Xbox Series S, that's the smaller version, Mm -hmm. the online-only version, that is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 themed. Oh, okay. The movie, of course. With red and blue fuzzy controllers. (laughs) And by fuzzy, I mean Muppet fuzzy. (laughs) My gosh. Let me show you this, Jacob. Oh my god. I can't gosh. show the people in the in on the stream, of course, but yet. Uh yeah. Uh where did I post that? I don't know. Where do where do you, where do you oh, post would, these fu- you know fuzzy controllers? <laughs> that right there. Oh my are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. People, go look this up. It's for real. It is hilarious. Okay. I, for one thing, let's just be honest here. This is collector trash. Yes. This is stuff you give to collectors so they can go sell it for thousands of dollars later on. Because these are not usable. No, they're not. Even if the hair does not get tangled up in the buttons and in the yeah. sticks and all, you realize after probably just even one or three, just three hours of game, normal gameplay, mm-hmm. you realize how matted down those <laughs> things are going to be. Oh, yeah. That's it's going to get disgusting really fast. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say yeah. there. Oils on the thumbs. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how clean you keep your hands. <laughs> that is just not going to work. Mm. That is true. They, they look interesting. Uh, oh, yeah, so they look interesting. They just look like they belong on Muppets. That is true. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, do it on uh, fa- like our Facebook account. You just put that on our Facebook account for people can see it. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Or I can post it in, I can post uh, links in the, ch- in the, both chats. Here. There we go. All right. So uh, yeah, we go, we go check those that. out. I mean, like it looks freakishly weird. Let's say that. Copy image. All right. So yeah. yeah. Talking, oh yeah. That's this. that, that looks just weird. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Sonic, you know, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, uh, coming out, I think later this year, I think it's like in April, April. Whoa, okay. Yeah, it's in April. That's right. Isn't in April. So uh yeah, we were doing your reaction to that. And mm-hmm. so if you are in the Tyler Tyler, you know, Tyler area and you want to come watch it with us, you're more than welcome to. We'll get dates, we'll get dates down what time what time we're going. 
Hmm. And uh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, what's interesting? I apparently can't send pictures in comments. That is. On live video. That is weird. So I'm going to do this the other way. Oh. So either or. So we were doing a, a reaction to that film uh, once it comes out or within a couple of days it comes out. So, yeah, look forward to that. And I'm super excited about it. Uh, I know Drew, we've said this before, and Drew is dead on with the uh, the prediction of the tro- what was going to happen in the movie. Yeah. Somewhat. Be like, you know, everything. Be well, like, there's going to be differences. Oh, yeah, there's going to be differences. But Drew but just, like, let, the just The fact that it is done. a combination of essentially the, the plots to Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and 3, mm-hmm. which I'd like to point out, I had no clue Knuckles was going to be in there. Yeah. I just thought, well, I mean, 2 does not have that much story to build off of right the way this is going so. april 8th thank you yeah. thank you heather but anyway all right so spoiler free thoughts then hashtag it we should jump in yes this is a good movie <laughs> indeed it is it is only like an hour and eight minutes long i think yeah uh so it's like barely a movie and not just three episodes mm-hmm even though it kind of is three episodes, but it, it feels better than just three episodes. Yeah. It's a much more, you can tell it's made as a movie, not as three episodes, but yeah. it kind of feels like they could, there were places they could cut it into episodes if they so desired. Mm-hmm. But uh, I enjoyed it. We got to see a lot of good. First off, uh, that Mr. Freeze is probably one of the best Mr. Freezes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you get right down to it. What do we have to compare it to? <laughs> uh, Arnold. <laughs> and then the guy from Batman 66 who later just liked to freeze stuff because he was a cold-hearted person. <laughs> because Batman the Animated Series is the one that brought the Nora Freeze aspect mm-hmm. into the story. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we love don't me have... Some, love me some B-Taz. Love yeah. me some B-Taz. There's not... It, it's hard to say that... Because what's nice about this, Mr. Freeze, mm-hmm. I can say this without spoiling anything. Um, he's like if if uh, Mr. Spock and Data got mixed into one person, all their motion in their voice was dragged out, and then they quote logical stuff throughout the rest of the thing, despite the fact you can tell they have a heart. Mm-hmm. It's just not very emotive. Yeah. But yeah, oh yeah, uh, this is this is a great Mister Freeze. The storyline is good. Uh, it's a nice conclusion to this arc. Mm. I appreciated that, even though uh, eh, there were still some things. It's like I wish it could have been better. And maybe if I watched the other two uh, DCAU Mister Freeze episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that will clear up. I just have not gotten around to it yet. Mm-hmm. But because um, I think there's a new Adventures of Batman and Robin there is. episode and a Batman Beyond episode. Oh yeah, that includes the same Mister Freeze. Yes, that I've not watched yet. But um, I thought it was a good conclusion to this arc, and honestly, I think it can, it could have finished here. But the order of things is odd because I think the bat the new adventures of Batman and Robin episode technically came out before this movie because of the delay. Uh-huh. Which is just 
awkward. Yeah. Maybe yep. why I didn't know this I didn't know this movie came out back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Because this was my first viewing. Oh, okay. So um yeah, I now I will say the reason this movie got did get put on the list, even though we probably would have done this a movie eventually anyway, mm-hmm. is uh as you know, we're part of Culture Box. Mm-hmm. And all of us on Culture Box are doing something tangentially, at least, Batman-related uh, this quarter. Okay. So uh, we, of course, are doing Batman, Mr. Free Sub-Zero. I was on Retro Rewind's Batman, the movie, mm-hmm. 1966 episode. Uh, Geek Devotions did a review of the uh, the new The Batman series, uh, ep- movie came out oh yeah yeah, yeah. they did a review of that's that a good and movie. actually suggested uh comic books to go read if after you'd seen it mm. to get more uh detail okay. on it so yeah that's i don't know what stunning and brave is doing and i definitely don't know what um untold podcast is doing because the guy who runs untold podcast nathan james norman did just get a new addition to the family yeah so well, uh, he may congrats. be a little distracted. Maybe a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's uh, other than that, I, mean, I enjoyed the movie. I'm glad I was able to watch it. One I'm happy to keep in my collection. Good. What Good. are your thoughts? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly, thoroughly, there again, I'm a huge fan of Batman the MA series. I had a very uh, a good friend uh, donate the entire collection like all all four seasons i think it's four four or five seasons yeah four seasons of uh batman the m8 series to me which yeah. was amazing and um you know watching this film watching this film which is absolutely be like it's it's batman the m8 series full-on just a movie it's not batman mask of the phantasm um there there's there are some little problems here and there but they're more nitpicks than anything but i overall really enjoy this movie uh, I bought the uh, the two pack Blu-ray when it uh, a couple of years years ago when we reviewed uh, uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I did not. I bought the single uh, like last year. Ah, okay. But it came with all those episodes, so that is kind of a good thing. That is a good thing. So yeah, I thought really enjoyed it. There, there's there's little problems here and there, but overall, it's an icy smashing time. That was a very cool one thanks anyway you ready to jump into the spoilers on mm-hmm. this thing all okay. right so join us on the other side of the pumpers and we will get to spoiling this don't forget that you can download download don't forget that you can't don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page, The Cellcast, our uh, Twitch channel, The Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At, At our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And at our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every ep- for, for every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. Hey 
every other week, join the Retro Rewind Pod as they travel back 15 or more years along the entertainment space-time continuum in their mission to review movies and games, establishing what is still worth your time today. Expect fun banter and trivial insights from Francisco and Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers, and rotating guest hosts who are all out of time. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, (laughs) who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all of Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero was written and directed by Boyd Kirkland, who also wrote and directed nine episodes of X-Men Evolution. Really? And it was also written by Randy Rogel, who also wrote Animaniacs Wacko's Wish. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Another movie we reviewed, so go check that out. Indeed. Uh, Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And on Masters of the Universe Revelation, yes. he was Merman. Yes. <laughs> what well, like just just for a second there, be like what watching that show. I know it's very divisive with a lot of people, but I I I I knew that Kevin Conroy was in the show. I knew he was Merman, but when the when his scene popped up, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is amazing! That is freaking amazing!" Yes, so chop chop. And also, oddly enough, he actually did. He played a live action Batman mm-hmm. in I think it was like a a Batwoman crossover yes. with the. I did the, I did see that because it was the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths Earth, episode. Yeah. So he does so play Bruce Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> yeah, like right next to uh burt ward as dick grayson (laughs) (laughs) anyway yes uh michael and sarah was the voice of mr freeze slash victor freeze Mm -hmm. and in the 1978 doctor strange movie if you knew this say what (laughs) yes doctor strange from 1978 it was the roger corman movie okay he was he played the ancient one. 
Okay. It was uncredited, so it must not have been on screen for very long. Oh, okay. I'm very shocked that it was actually a Doctor Strange film before, you know, the Doctor Strange film. It's in the same universe as that really old Captain America film, too. Oh. And I think The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Oh, okay. That's era of uh, Marvel yeah, movie I gather. that we've all forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And probably for good reason. Uh, <laughs> Lauren Lester was the voice of Robin slash Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. And on Batman the Brave and the Bold, he played Hal Jordan, a.k.a. Green Lantern. Cool. Mary Kay Bergman was the voice of Batgirl slash Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. There's more Barbara Gordon in this movie. Mm-hmm. And in the video game The Curse of Monkey Island, she played Minnie Stroney Goodsoup, the Ghost Bride. Huh? So for those of you who have been watching Retro Rewind's Saturday Adventures, when he's been playing Curse of Monkey Island, yeah, the Ghost Bride that technically he married for five seconds. Oh, okay. Was played by Batgirl. No, you don't. Anyway, I just I saw that. I was like, oh, I've got to mention that. Uh, George Zunza. I'm sorry, George. I probably screwed up your last name. My apologies. But he played Dr. Gregory Belson. Oh, okay. And he was Perry White on Superman, the animated series. I could totally hear that. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. was the voice of Alfred in this. Mm. And he played Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man, the animated series from 1995. Really? Okay. Bob Hastings played uh, Commissioner Gordon. And in 1949, he played a character named Hal in something. And this was his first role, by the way. Really? Yes. In Captain Video and his Video Rangers. When was this? 1949. Whoa. This kind of, I, I didn't see a clip, but I suspect this was Power Rangers before Power Rangers. Okay. Okay. Because they're using video like it's not VHS in the in the terminology, uh, obviously, <laughs> or DVD or watching stuff at home, going to the theater back then. <laughs> yes, Robert Costanza was the voice of Detective Bullock, mm. and he was Sergeant Vito Zorenzo in Die Hard Two: Die Harder. Oh, okay, totally hear that. Yep. Mary Lou Henner was the voice of Veronica Vreeland. I think that's Bruce Wayne's girlfriend. Yes. At the party. Mm-hmm. And on the television show Taxi, she played Elaine Nardo, one oh. of the taxi drivers. Ah. Uh, Dean Jones was the voice of Dean Arbogast, and he played Judge Moore in Clear and Present Danger. Hmm. And Mari Devon was the voice of Summer Gleason. And she played Honey in Howl's Moving Castle, a movie we have not reviewed, ah. but will be coming up soon. Nice. I don't think this year, but soon. Mm. Kingdom Hearts Connections. Tress McNeil was additional voices in this. And in Kingdom Hearts, she was Chip, Queen of Hearts, Daisy Duck, Meriwether, and Kanga. Hmm. Brian George, who was also, who was also additional voices in this, played Captain Hector Barbosa in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. And then Robert Costanza, who was Detective Bullock, as I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Yeah. He's the voice of Philocrates. Who? Danny DeVito's character. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Phil. Hercules. Phil. Phil. 
Yeah. Sorry, it's not Philocrates. It's Philoctetes. I say it wrong every time. <laughs> but just imagine, it's this guy. It's Detective Bullock mm -hmm. in Kingdom Hearts 2, which you haven't gotten around to, that during the fight with the Hydra, continually says until you can get up there, Get up on the Hydra's back! Get up on the Hydra's back! I'm thinking, shut up, Danny! Oh, it's not Danny. <laughs> I'm getting there. Last but not least, mm. Susie Stevens Logan was a singer in this movie somewhere. Really? Yes. And she's the voice of Andrina, one of Ariel's sisters in Kingdom Hearts. Really? Okay. Yes, I cool. still think that's, I think I mentioned that before. Yeah. I think I'm still correct in that that is uh, uh, already made foot from, uh, that's from archival footage. Possibly. Archival audio. But either way. Mm. Uh, what do we got in info and stuff? All right. So info and stuff on IMDb, it has 7.1 out of 10. You can watch it currently if you're subscribed to HBO Max. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike us, we watched it on Blu-ray. Yes. Uh, production, obviously, was Warner Bros. Animation, distributed by Warner Home Video. I actually got it right. Thank you. <laughs> um, release date was... Well, let me go back. Let me go yeah, back. Let me go back we in know time. it was delayed. It was delayed. So, uh, its original release date was july 15th 1997 but due to the the poor reception of batman and robin the live action film which included it, both mr freeze and nora freeze it did so the movie was pushed for was pushed back to uh march 17th 1998 a full almost a full year later mm -hmm. so yeah Thank you, Mr. Freeze, or thank you, whoever. Thank you, Sh Schumacher. Yeah, thank it's you. Joel Schumacher's fault. <laughs> this is a movie that in includes the includes the sentence or includes Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, "Yes, we shall build a new Earth with Adam and evil." <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, no. I, I, I really not the exact line, but it's close enough. Yeah. Well, technically, I, I really, we really can't give Schumacher the 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 full brunt of the mistake on this film be like yeah he has come it come out and said that like yeah a, a lot of the decisions were his were his doing so he's fessed up to it but a lot of it was due to uh like promotion of toys and they had to put they were having to mm -hmm. do design for designer design for toys for this for batman and robin so the problem though with this is is that the new series came out for Batman with the new art style. Yeah. Which redesigned all the characters, including Mr. Freeze, who was in episode three. Yes. Which came out before this movie came out. Yes. And takes place after this movie. Yes. <laughs> it, it is a little confusing. <laughs> it is a little confusing. So, yeah. So this movie was pushed back due to the just crater of Batman and Robin. So, yeah, there, there were a lot of issues yeah. with that movie. But also, I'm sure toy design the, was a ton of it. I'm sure some of it was reception, mm -hmm. but I think also a lot of it is they didn't want to confuse TAS oh, yes, they did. Freeze with Arnold Schwarzenegger Freeze. That is true. I'm sure that's a lot of it too. There, there was a lot. There was a lot of that concern because at least because I will admit, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze suit does look kind of cool. It does. So Just all all the, I did. Yeah, I did not ooh, mean the Mr. Freeze look la la. cool. Well, pun, he is but I'll cool. Take it. I will take it. 
Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, Ivy was yeah Let's just say i was of age <laughs> yes let's <laughs> say that uh so anyways anyways so uh box office none there was no box yeah office. it didn't go to the box it office. didn't go to the box office did it make any money on home video uh not that i what the information i have doesn't have any of that information on there so if you know anything out there please let me know we'll just say it made money and move on yeah it made money it definitely made money uh so all right, so like I said before, Sub-Zero was originally slated for July 15th, 1997, but the cross-promotion with a cross-promotion with Planet Hollywood and the Six Flags theme parks, but due to the poor reception of Batman and Robin, it was delayed. It did not receive, did not receive until March 17th, 1998. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Go here. Uh, the first DVD. Uh, no, sorry. All right, so... The movie it was released in 1988. Uh, the DVD, the VHS was released on a year later, actually on d- December of all, all of all times in 1999. And the <clears throat> odd, yeah, it is odd. Uh, I think it was like it was released. It was released in 1998. Then it was a reissue in 1999. E- either that, or they showed it on TV and then for some reason delayed the home video release a year it, it could i, I don't, don't know why you do that yeah. but not exactly sure eh. all right so uh let me see and the third one was released on april 23rd 2002 along with the dvd along with the dvd release uh it it uh had a game including hunt for mr freeze uh how to draw batman uh including trailers i know how to draw batman mm-hmm. you draw a bat and then you put eyes on it white with wings eyes. with wings <laughs> to stare down the evil and wait that's a different character that's a shadow he knows what evil lurks in the Sorry. hearts of men anyway which oddly the shadow would be like batman is like the inspirations <laughs> yes that and zorro yeah <laughs> anyway anyways all right so all right, uh, the same video, uh, the same DVD was re-released on December 6, 2005. Warner Home, Warner Home Video re- released the film on DVD once more on February 2008 as a uh, double feature DVD with Mask of the Phantasm. Along, although Sub-Zero's DC connection has the same featurettes as the 1999 DVD, uh apparently that the phantasm didn't have any uh featurettes which is kind of sad because yeah phantasm was an amazing film um so on march 27 2008 sub-zero was released on a blu-ray edition featuring uh some of the previous uh featurettes including um uh from the dca dcau universe including hard device deep freeze uh, from Batman the Animated Series, Cold Comfort, uh, com- Comfort, Comfort, Cold Comfort. Thank you. And from, uh, and from Batman Beyond, Meltdown, which are all very good episodes. Mm-hmm. I haven't got to the last two yet, but yeah. Right. So that is all I have for info and stuff. Okay. I did forget to mention that okay. Batman, the uh, the Batman universe, was created by. Uh, it credits it with Bob Kane. 
Yes. Has all the stuff this. Bill but Finger. we should also mention Bill Finger. Yes. Because they, even though they didn't start doing that until Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. uh, we'll say they both created the character. No, well, totally. Bill... They created the concept. Yeah. Bill Finger did a whole lot more than that's Bob my Kane understanding, did. But mm-hmm. Bob Kane does technically have some right. Yeah, he does. And he literally stole it. <laughs> I didn't say he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Either or. So that's all I have for an info and stuff. Getting into the summary. Since his last encounter against Batman, Mr. Freeze... Hang on, I should be doing this differently. Last time, since his last encounter with Batman, Mr. Freeze has found himself a home in the Arctic and started a surrogate family with his still cryogenically encased wife, Nora, his newly adopted Inuit son, Kunak, and a pair of polar bear companions, Notchka and Shaka. I did not know the polar bears had names. They do. Then one day, a submarine emerges from underwater through the floor of their cave-turned-home, shattering Nora's containment vessel, after which her condition begins rapidly deteriorating. After punishing the submarine crew, innocently unaware of their mistake by freezing them with his trusted freeze gun, Freeze returns to Gotham City with his companions to enlist his old colleague Dr. Gregory Belson to help him find a cure. Belson determines that Nora needs an organ transplant, but due to her rare blood type, there are no suitable donors to available to, to them. Freeze declares that he will use a live donor, even if it means killing an innocent person, and bribes Belson into compliance with a promise of gold that will put an end to Belson's own financial problems. Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl, turns out to be the perfect match, and Freeze learns from a telephone conversation with her roommate that she is at a restaurant with her boyfriend, Dick Grayson, who is actually Robin. Freeze attacks the restaurant and kidnaps Barbara. Dick and the Gotham City Police Department give chase, but fail to stop Freeze, who takes her to an abandoned oil rig where he and Belson are hiding. Freeze and Belson explain the situation to Barbara, who agrees to helping Nora with the blood transfusion, but not at the oil rig, uh, prompting Freeze to keep Batman, Barbara in prison. Back in Gotham, Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, and Dick investigate Barbara's kidnapping, leading them to figure out Belson is with Freeze. The search for answers leads Batman and Robin to Belson's broker, Dean Arbogast, and find out from a phone conversation between Dean and Belson where Freeze has taken both Barbara and Belson. They also figure out that Freeze's plan from a list of supplies used for an organ transplant Belson left behind. When the time for the operation comes, Barbara realizes Freeze and Belson have been lying to her when they attempt to put her under anesthesia. She escapes with the help of Kunak. Belson gives pursuit and corners her just before Batman and Robin arrive in the Batwing. A freeze follows, and in the ensuing confrontation, Belson accidentally starts a rapidly spreading fire as Freeze traps Batman and Robin. Freeze orders Belson to perform the operation, despite the oil rig now completely ablaze, falling apart and on the verge of exploding. But Belson betrays Freeze and attempts to escape, only to be killed by falling wreckage. Batman and Robin escape just as Freeze's leg is broken, and he tells Batman to save Nora and Kunak first. Along with Barbara, Bat- along with Barbara, Batman and Barbara get Nora and Kunak to the waiting Batwing and Robin piloting it. And, Nor- and Nora, Kunak, and Barbara are all safely on board. But despite his efforts, Batman is unable to save Freeze from plummeting into the ocean to his apparent death. Batman makes it back to the Batwing and they fly away just before the Orig finally explodes. Though Freeze is revealed to have survived and escapes with the polar bears. Sometimes later, sometime later, Freeze returns with the polar bears to the Arctic to resume his life alone, having frozen his leg in an ice cast. He sees on a television in a research station that while the world believes him dead, Nora has been revived after an organ transplant 
operation funded by Wayne Enterprises, moving him to tears of joy. He then walks away peacefully with the polar bears by his side. Tune in tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. Moving on! Wrong series. <laughs> that was kind of the voice I was going for. I don't think I pulled it off, but anyway. <laughs> Trivia for this episode! One of the creators of Batman, Bob Kane, died eight months after this film's release, making this film the last adaptation of the character that Kane would live to see. Really? Yeah. This was originally set for a release in the summer of 97, but held back because of the negative reception following the release of Batman and Robin, as we said earlier, which also featured Mr. Freeze as an antagonist. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, upon release, the film received strongly positive reviews compared to Batman and Robin. There was a sequel entitled Batman Arkham, mm -hmm. not to be confused with the video game series of the same name, that was greenlit by Warner Brothers. Boyd Kirkland would return to write and direct, and the cast of Batman the Animated Series would reprise their roles from the TV series, along with Angie Harmon as a new character. Hmm. Stephen E. Gordon also drew some concept art and character designs. The plot involved Batman and Robin fighting some Arkham Asylum escapees. The project was canceled in favor of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Makes sense. In the scene with Barbara Gordon's roommate in college, the background music is Am I Blue, which has another connection to Batman. It was also featured in the animated Justice League Unlimited This Little Piggy episode, huh. in which Batman sings the song on stage in order to save a friend. Batman and Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, and Justice League are, of course, part of the same larger universe and continuity. This is the second film set in the DCAU, and the screen where Freeze and Belson are looking at possible donors for Nora, when it shows Barbara's info, her address says she lives in Gotham City, New York. Mm -hmm. To actually put a state on it. Yeah. Which is the end of my trivia. Ah. What's your first like, my friend? Uh, My first like is the... Like the the animation in this film, you're talking straight up animation mm. in this film. It's like you get there again. They're pulling from Batman the Animated Series before it switched over to yes. the New Adventures of Batman, uh, which apparently is um, a reflection of the Adventures of Superman, the New Adventures of Superman. It animation does style. follow a better, closer animation style to Superman. Than yes, it does. It does. It does. Which is odd because Superman's art style is based on Batman's art it's style. It's kind of, but it's but also a, it's, it's a based off more the Flasher. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a combination. Yeah, the the Flasher the Flasher cartoons came out in the, like the fifties, I think. The shorts that came out. If you haven't seen them, go watch them. They're good. Well, I mean, Superman the animated series. Yeah, was exactly. An excellent show. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. It's but, great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so you have some amazing animation because I guarantee people going like, oh, this can be like, you know, lower tier animation going in this film. No, no. it's it's full on B-Taz animation and they crank it to 11 in so many other kids. Like the, the, the final fight. Yeah. The final fight scene is incredible. The, the transfer ahead. to the Blu-ray is excellent. Agreed. Completely agree. The the scene I, I love the most is where Barbara Gordon is trying to get down from the um the elevated platform, which is on fire. Mm -hmm. And so the point where she's attempting to slide down uh, Robin's grap uh grapple and it snaps that entire scene where it's it's her expression and it's you know uh dick grayson night or nightwing he becomes nightwing later he's robin uh, he's still. robin he's robin at the point at this moment um is like the entire all that animation just 
gorgeous. Oh my gosh, the the, uh, the shadows, the highlights, everything on it. Freaking amazing animation in this movie. Uh, there again, be like it's you know it's it's um uh it's you know Bruce Tim and all that and all that you know creative team that did you know Batman the animated series, and the level of animation is incredible. So yes, animation. Not to correct you, but I don't think I saw either Bruce Tim or Paul Dini's name in the credits. Hmm. Unless they're in the producer and I just missed it. I think the I think Bruce Tim is I think he's producer, I think. At this point he would be need probably be executive producer. But yeah. Anyway. But it's 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 based off it's still based on what they were doing yeah, in it's, the day. Yeah, it's based on what they're doing and based off what um mm-hmm. uh Bruce Tim's art art style. Yes. Allegedly. <laughs> they're, well, they're, yeah, either or. So yeah, just the animation in this film is very well done, and I just like kudos because there again they could have just went, Oop, it's going to, it's you know going to, you know it's going it's going into the 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 uh, DVD market. Doesn't have to be great, but they still just did top notch animation. And so yeah, that's my that's my number. first like animation. What's yours? Same. Okay. Uh, the animation in this movie is excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, what makes Batman the animated series different from pretty much everything else yeah. is that when they do the photograph of the cells together to put on the film, mm-hmm. most of the time they do this on white paper mm-hmm. or white backing, Yeah, which yeah. is probably what uh, the, the main difference between the Batman animated series and the, the new adventures series yeah. is they probably went to the white background possibly there i'm not sure but that but for batman the animated series which i'm assuming includes this movie mm. they use a black background mm-hmm. so that the colors have more contrast and exactly more depth mm-hmm. and you can t- it works amazing it does here. we didn't there was no uh daytime shots i think in this except for at the end i think there was a sunrise mm-hmm. if i remember correctly yeah but I mean, the whole thing was spectacular. You had really great deep blacks. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the character design on Freeze, which has always looked amazing mm-hmm. in this show, yeah. really stands out. Um, the polar bears, I did not expect to like, but sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> uh, well, it's just kind of an odd thing that he's just got two random polar bears. That are now pets. It's like, you know, I know this is a thing in this show that all the villains have pets, like Joker and Harley have their hyenas Mm -hmm. and everything. I don't know if Mr. Freeze needs two polar bears. Well, it it fits. They're they're cold-natured creatures. Except they're also extremely antisocial. That is true. That is true. They barely get around each other long enough to make babies. That's, yeah, okay. But anyway. Fair enough. I don't. You just say bare enough. Bare enough. Moving on. <laughs> Moving right along. Bare left. Frog right. Moving on. Um, Bet left. The few instances of CG, because there is some CG in yeah, there, namely there in the Batwing, I think is where I mm, noted it. Yeah. But I'm sure there was a couple other. Oh, and on the uh, submarine. Yes. Those spots, they were a little obvious there, but this is still early 90s CG, yep. so I can kind of forgive it, uh, especially for TV. But uh, 
the rest of the the CG I thought looked very good in mm. this for what it is because it was it was not overstated it was not in your face it's yeah the things that would have been easier to do CG instead of in two D even mm-hmm. though it does sort of conflict art style wise mm-hmm. uh, they work pretty well uh, and of course the ice effects in the film mm-hmm. as they always have been for this they they put a lot of work into making the ice effects work. Mm-hmm. from early on and i think it works beautifully in this mm-hmm. as well Indeed. so yeah that's my first like is the animation uh What's so kind of tying in with yours the and the, yours technically yes indeed so tying in what he just said a couple of minutes a minute ago is talking about the the use of cg in this film yes uh there there's there are spots in here that i'm gonna get to my dislikes later but when we're regarding the the use when it comes to mm-hmm. the use for the the Batmobile, when they use the CG for that, in some cases, it looks very good. Yes. Especially when they, when they use it for the Batwing. And I will point out that the way that it looked, the way it looks like they did the CG here, mm-hmm. these were not just uh, CG uh, models and textures and stuff thrown mm-hmm. in there. They yeah. look like this was CG vector art that was put in and then hand painted with the rest of the art that's what it looks like yeah but it also definitely feels like it's animated on ones while the rest of the movie is animated on twos true not more than that very true so yeah the 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 parts there there are parts of the animation just look very good definitely for its time period so to criticize a film based on its it's it's a cg modeling and animation uh when you're looking at the film almost 20 years later yeah uh is kind of a disservice to the film so to take it from the perspective of okay this came out in 1998 or correction 1997 when it was created mm-hmm. so in that in that regard it'd be like the animation in a lot of the a lot of the scenes are done very well utilized very well they're not so overpowering well, so what's interesting to me about the cg is the fact that this cg is on par with the rescuers down under use of cg very true now that movie is like ten years before this, yeah, or like eight years before. Eight this. years, but we're also talking height of um, the, uh, theatrical feature film Disney mm-hmm. in 1991, I believe, right? Versus essentially a made-for-TV movie sent straight to home video. Mm-hmm. In 1998. Yeah, exactly. For based on TV animation, which is always cheaper. I don't care how good it is. Mm-hmm. That's amazing that the quality of the CG has risen that far that fast. Agreed. Or has gotten that cheap to actually produce. But. Yeah, and also, also if you if you know your animation history, I think it's like uh, Titan AE. I th- we have we reviewed that film We've yet? Not reviewed Titan. We, we have not reviewed Titan AE. But yet. this is around that. Around that exact same time. So be like, think of if you have watched Titan E, uh, you know, some of the animation in that film is not the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't age well. Uh, and think of the movie in this film, the animation, the, the CG movie, the CG animation in this film is a lot better. Let's just say that. Sorry. I'm looking something up. No, you're, to open on that you're good. You're good. So to compare animation around that time period, be like the animation, the, the CG animation in the film is done very well, very well for the time period 
And there again, to criticize animation from mm -hmm. almost 20 years ago, or over 20 years ago, is a disservice to the film itself and the creators because you're using a 21st century mindset of animation. You, you take uh, like Clifford, the big red dog that recently came out uh, to compare that be like, that's really good animation for this time period. And to be like, oh, they did horrible back then. It's like, well, they were still developing it. Yes. It was still being like, this is the late nineties, the late nineties and animation was our CG animation was just coming into its own and definitely in animation, definitely in live action films. And uh, that it's it's a very good step in yes. that that process. So yeah, the if CG. I can, if I can help put it in perspective, okay. The Disney movie that a Disney movie did come out in 1997. Yes, is one we've already reviewed. Okay, Hercules. Yes. Compare this to that and recognize that this is on a much smaller budget than Hercules was. Yes. And then you can say whether or not it was good or not. Now, yeah. Does it hold up? Mm -hmm. I mean, it wouldn't hold up if you released it today. I mind you but for the time period yeah it did it's great so, indeed yeah. anyway indeed. your second like sir yeah that was my second like oh the cg was your second like yes. i'm sorry so i what... thought you were on a tangent no i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't on a tangent i'm sorry <laughs> you're good i am sorry i misunderstood where you were <laughs> all right so what is your i love the continuation of mr freeze's story oh absolutely one thing I've loved about Bat what I do like about Batman the Animated Series, mm -hmm. and admittedly, I need to go back and rewatch the whole stinking thing because they do a good job of serializing mm -hmm. without uh, making you feel like you missed something if you missed the previous episode. Right. It's still episodic, but yet if you are watching it with everything, it has a very you you it adds more to it. Yeah. The pr two previous Mister Freeze episodes to this, mm -hmm. uh, Heart of Ice and uh, Evil Walt Disney attacks, <laughs> Deep Freeze, <laughs> Deep Freeze. Sorry, I just think, always going to think of it as Evil <laughs> Walt Disney. Uh, they do, do. Do they have a a a, 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 a ice mouse? They did not show any of the characters other than a ro robot that came and uh, helped Mister Freeze escape from prison. Ah. That is true. It's the only real character they mm -hmm. showed. But um, they did a good I mean, You get the setup at the first mm -hmm. in Heart of Ice where it's like, okay, this is why Mr. Freeze is doing this. He doesn't know that his wife is still alive in right. Heart of Ice. Mm -hmm. Now, the question remains, why did that company keep Nora Freeze alive? <laughs> When they had, as evil as that guy was, yeah, he had no reason to keep her alive, but yet they did. And and somehow Bruce Wayne didn't get involved at this point. Hmm. I have opinions. <laughs> um, and so it makes sense that, oh, this is how uh, evil D Walt Disney got a hold of her. So you could they could reveal her in the next mm -hmm. episode. And the nice thing is, is where Heart of Ice ends, that's where we find where Mr. Freeze is at the end of Heart of Ice. Yeah. That's where we pick up with him in um, Deep Freeze. Mm -hmm. Where Deep Freeze ends, admittedly, not in the exact place, but in the exact kind of situation, is where this movie picks up. Uh. Which is nice. It's like there is a through line throughout the whole thing. So while, yes, this is a good movie in and of itself, 
I really like to think of this as act three Mm. of a much larger story dealing with Mr. Freeze looking for a cure for his wife, Nora. Mm -hmm. And that amount of love that that has to take to show he would not feel this way if he did not have at least some love left in his cold, cold heart. Exactly. And the way they show this, I mean, in the first one, he act, he even says something like he doesn't feel anything anymore. Mm-hmm. His heart is too frozen over to feel emotions anymore. Oh, yeah. And you re- realize, as much revenge as he's going for, that that is complete and utter bullcrap. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't do revenge like that because it's logical. Right. But it even goes farther. I mean, the first couple seconds when he sees the robot, when this free sees the robot coming towards the jail... To get him out. He doesn't know he's getting him out. He doesn't mm. know why the robot's coming for him. Yeah. You actually see fear on Mr. Freeze's face. Oh, yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, you cannot tell me you are emotionless. Now, you're going to sound emotionless later in the film, because in the movie, the show, mm-hmm. because that's how this show was set up, your mm-hmm. character. But it's very obvious by the, by the second episode, even if you didn't catch the slim bits of emotion in that first episode, mm-hmm. that... Mr. Freeze still is in love with his wife and is wanting to do everything to protect her. Mm-hmm. But by this film, at the beginning of it, all he has is the slim hope that if he can keep her frozen long enough, a cure for her disease mm-hmm. can be found. And then her cryogenic cryotube gets ruptured by the stupid uh, submarine that crashes into their cave. Mm-hmm. And uh, causes uh, somehow she's she nearly dies then, but mm-hmm. they get her frozen, I guess, in time enough that he can transport her to Gotham City so she can get Belson to help her mm-hmm. help him and do the do the whole thing. Which I'll get into more of my opinions on the cryo tube part mm. here in a minute because I have yeah. issues with that logistics. But through the way they handle him, through it's interesting how. It starts with Heart of Ice, where it's a frozen. It's even winter in Gotham, I think. At oh yeah, the time in that in that episode, but it starts cold. And where does it end? In an explosion on an oil derrick, where, where it's very very hot. What? Yeah, exactly. His story is slowly warms as it goes. Yeah, much as almost like how his heart is warming. Yeah, as the story goes, warming back to being in love with Nora. And yeah, he's still he's willing to kill Barbara Gordon to save his wife. But I mean, he's still somewhat facing the immediately, the emotional problem he's dealing with from a cold hearted point of view. Mm -hmm. It's just how the character is. It's part of his, uh, his shtick. Yeah. You could say, and I think it's just handled very well. And I appreciate the way they continued his story from the other two. Now I did technically start cold comfort and uh, what I saw Look like they did a complete 180 on his character, and that's why I turned it off. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know how the rest of it goes. I may watch it later. It's interesting. Let's say that. But and I can kind of see based on what his reasoning was. Like, okay, I can kind of go with that. Um, but at the same time, I like how if you had ended with him walking across the frozen north with his ice cast, and had that be the end of Mister Freeze's story this would have been a perfect ending yeah. for his story. 
and it's admittedly I don't think it happens enough where you care as much for the villains of your superhero stories as you do for the heroes. Okay. This is an instance where that happens. Okay. Because honestly, Batman's just doing his job. Mr. Freeze is actually got emotional depth to him. You just don't expect to be there in a Batman villain. Exactly. And I will say this and all my Batman loving friends fight me for saying this, but Mr. Freeze in this has more emotional depth than anyone in the Snyder verse or the, or the Batman, in my opinion. He has more emotional depth than that. Okay. That is my opinion. You can bite me. <laughs> what is your third? My my third, like, kind of, kind of again, ties in with yours in a, in a very unique way. The fact that uh, that we see a lot more of, with how Batman the Animated Series has a lot of humanity in Mr. Freeze, rather than his previous iterations where he's just a, a lunatic who likes ice. Um, it really was his yeah pretty much for batman the animated so the the idea that like this is a man who has lost everything he has closed himself off he has given himself a frozen heart or a hardness heart Mm -hmm. to everything and obviously he's he's still a he's still a he's a human man who is um who is still dealing with his trauma dealing with the the issues he has has been dealt with and he's the only way he knows how to do it is to protect his wife and so now in Batman versus Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub Zero, we get the more more deeper humanity in Mr. Freeze, where he at the end of the film you have this man who is saying that he is cold hearted, he feels no emotion, mm-hmm. but he does have emotion. He has this very in very deep emotional scarring on him that he's be like he's he's trying to survive and he's put this layer of protection, this armor on him to protect him from the from the freeze that the 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 uh the world that will kill him because mm-hmm. he's he can't live in above below zero but uh we we see that very clearly when his humanity sh- comes forth comes out of the ice comes out it comes up from the surface that says be like when when uh, Batman is trying to get him out. It's like, no, get Barb, you know, get my wife, get, uh, what's the, uh, the, uh, the kid's name. Uh, you would ask. That. I am, I am drawing a blank. He wasn't on the cast list because I don't think, it, I think he was an additional voices there. Uh, I think it was like, Canuck. yeah, Canuck. Canuck. Uh, that, that sounds too horrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kunak. Yeah. Kunak. Yeah. You know, it's a, rescue kunak and rescue rescue nora so you find that he has humanity he has the the idea that he is going to lose his wife that that's it that's his only solace is that he can stay with nora the rest of his life and make sure that she's safe and he wants to make sure kunak is is okay that he's rescued so you see his humanity come through and and you see more of a a uh, theological system come out of that is the idea that as as a non as someone who be like when you don't believe in Christ, be like you you you're you're when the the world is horrible. Let's say that the world is yes. absolutely horrible, and so you get, a lot of people definitely in depression will lock themselves away. Will lock mm-hmm. themselves away behind a, a facade, a, a mask, or in this case, a suit of armor. Eh, red goggles. Red goggles. 
Yeah, red goggles. Yeah, it is. It is disguised as humanity. Yes, because you can't see anything. Because he's you know a solid. He's solid eyes. That's the thing. When he's wearing the red goggles, he's in this whole Mister Freeze mode because he can't see mm-hmm. his eyes. So it comes off as this. I mean, let's face it. That that look of the two red eyes glowing kind of in mm-hmm. the darkness is kind of a scary look to it. Oh yeah, it's nice. But uh, nice contrast. Nice between... contrast. Mm-hmm. But it's when he has to remove those goggles for one reason or another. Yes. That that really the freeze persona mm-hmm. comes away, and you see the hurt man on the mm. inside. Oh yeah, who, absolutely. Honestly, while he's not in a good place. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form, and yeah, this is definitely not a healthy way to deal with. Uh. L- the love you feel at the loss, the continued loss of a loved one, mm-hmm. even though there is hope that he may be able to save her mm-hmm. at a later date. If he could just keep her cryogenically frozen long enough mm-hmm. um, and find a cure for and it. find a cure. Uh, there is a, there is a cha- You can see that he has good intentions. Mm-hmm. Of course, while this isn't a theological uh, doctrine, we do yeah. know that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. True. And uh, while he is willing to sacrifice yeah. the world to save the love of his life, mm-hmm. that's going to make him more of a monster than if he kind of just let her go. Yeah. But it's the idea that he can't let her go. Right. And so he's willing to sacrifice everything in order to do that. You realize there's a previous movie that actually gives a good warning for this movie that we reviewed. What would that be? It, but came out after this movie. Really? Yes. What's be, that? Beware the frozen heart. Oh, frozen. frozen. Makes sense. Maybe that, I, no, that that wouldn't go over well, but if he was living with Elsa, it would be a lot, if he was in love with Elsa, it would be a lot easier time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, either way. It's just like when when you start to see his humanity, the shell has come off of him and he's, you know, he's the fire is trying to consume him. He's trying to save his wife. He's trying to save Kunek. And uh, you, you see you see a lot of his humanity come through that. And you see by the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, he is a man who is now in isolation, who is believed to be dead. Right. But now he is. This but new, his wife is saved. His life is but saved. Now he has to pay mm-hmm. for what he did to make sure she exactly i was able to be saved he's now paying for the sins yeah that he felt he was forced to commit Mm -hmm. because as far as i can tell he doesn't think he can ever go back yeah which i don't know if that's technically true i'm not counting the fact that he does come back Mm -hmm. but i mean I don't know. It's it does seem more like a. It's more like he doesn't feel like he could face Nora in his current condition now that she's saved. Yeah. Despite the fact, I'm fairly certain Bruce Wayne would have informed her of what her husband did. Yeah. In an attempt to save her. Yeah. Which I'll get into more of that and my dislikes. Gotcha. Which, I'll admit my review is mostly focused on this third movie. Mm-hmm. Includes some thoughts about the first two episodes I saw. Okay, all right. So yeah, that's my that's my third like. Uh, my third like is uh, that it's not a happy ending. Yeah, this is a love story. Do not get me wrong. It is. 
but this is an unrequited love story. Mm. I mean, as much as it's him doing the best he can to save the love of his life. Exactly. Ultimately, he's going to has to continue to remain separated from her, whether yeah. it's because of his own fears, because if he returns to Gotham City, he will have, you know, be arrested and thrown in jail again or any number of reasons. He's going, he, he can't return to Gotham City. Right. And there's no reason he can expect her, even if she knew he was alive, to come back, come back to the Arctic with him. Mm-hmm. There's no reason he would he would ever feel the need to impose that on her because that's he wants to see her happy. Yeah, he'd rather her be happy without him than to be with him and be unhappy. True, which you know that is love in many ways. But uh, he also doesn't give her a chance to even know he's alive. Mm-hmm. But and, and and that's one of the things that does irk me about knowing that there's an episode after this. Where he does come back to Gotham City and, for some reason, is destroying everything people love for no good reason. Mm. It's literally the reason he says in what I watched before I turned it off. Yeah. Granted, there's still twenty ep- uh, 15 minutes of that ep- episode left to watch, and a lot can change in 15 minutes. Agreed. Especially on a show like this, so... And especially since I think I heard that Nora is in that episode and she does have a speaking line. I can't remember. But I can't remember. I don't know. I just remember looking it up because I was curious if she ever popped up again. Mm. Uh, because I thought it was interesting. We gone, went three whole episodes or two episodes and a movie and not even in a flashback scene did we ever get to hear Nora speak mm. or actually move outside of that uh, cryogenic tube. Mm. Um, despite the fact in Barbara Gordon says, yeah, I know who you are and I know who she is. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who she is because we know who you are. And that's the other thing is that Nora's going to have to live with the, the ghost of Mr. Freeze over her life, the rest of her life, because everyone knows who Nora Freeze is because of her husband mm-hmm. and all the terrors and horrors that he caused in those two episodes and probably some more in the background that he mm. just didn't get caught on. Um, and then to see him come back late, maybe later on in that cold comfort episode to uh, just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to destroy this giant dinosaur skeleton for no reason mm. other than because I can. Yeah. Just, just for information. I just looked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is on Batman animated series. Uh, dot fathom.com. Yes. Uh, Nora freeze only appears in two episodes. She only appears in two episodes in one film. She does not appear in Batman. The, uh, the new adventures of Batman. Okay. But she wasn't even in the first episode because all we saw was the, uh, the ballerina thing. Right. And she, that's one episode in one right. movie, unless the second one is the other series. And admittedly, when I watched it, it actually had strangely enough, the uh, the Deep Freeze episode had a new Adventures of Batman and Robin opening on it. Yeah. Whereas Cold Comfort mm-hmm. had the original Batman the Animated Series opening on it, which was weird. But anyway. Yeah. But be like she has she she appears in two episodes and she feels one film, and her last appearance is in Batman and Mister Freeze Sub Zero. Okay. 
then that makes that episode pointless. <laughs> I'm sorry, it does. If they're not going to continue that story even with a new arc style, it mm. that is the core of at least to me, that is the entire core reason why that version of Mr. Freeze exists is this story with him and his wife. And he's just going around killing for no good or not killing, but destroying property for essentially no good reason. Mm. What's the point in bringing him back? True. Other than just to be cold and emotionless. I mean, it's like, eh, you don't need that as his story finished in this movie. Mm -hmm. And you can't claim as quickly as that episode comes out in the new season that you didn't know this movie was coming. This movie was finished and sitting on a shelf until they could get, until they decided they finally got around to releasing it. You knew it existed. You knew it was the end of the story. And you just completely ignored it mm -hmm. to do whatever you wanted to do with this other thing. That's poor continuity and poor writing, in my opinion. But anyway, that's not what I'm not here to talk about. Um, the fact that it's assuming that the Batman animated series has a different continuity than the rest of it now. So I kind of feel like I need to say that. <laughs> like I said, this is if this was the final episode of Batman, the animated series, which I in many ways I feel it is. And this was the final story with Mr. Freeze. I feel like you could end it here and I would I wouldn't necessarily be happy because it does it does have a very sad mm -hmm. and almost a very depressing ending. Indeed. But I feel like it is the natural place where this could go and it's the happiest ending that that is possible without feeling forced. I gotcha. That's the best way I know how to put that. Hmm. Interesting. Because your only other choice is what? Kill Mr. Freeze and bury him? That's true. And then ha and, and show the, have the last scene you actually see Nora crying over her husband's semi frozen grave because I'm sure he's still a popsicle in the bottom of that six foot hole. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing here. Mm. Um. That's but that's an even sadder ending than what we got. Very true. So yeah, I mean, this is the happiest ending you could have gotten with this, and I'm kind of, in a way, happy. This is how it ended. Yeah. Even though it's a very sad ending. So yeah, that's very my true. third like. All right. So going into our dislikes. Yes. Your All first right. Dislikes. My first is like now I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this because way I wrote it, so I'm just gonna flip it. So my first. All right. So there's a lot of just conven like convenient things just pop up in this film that's like <laughs> oh because nor nor freezes blood type is a b positive. It's the most rare blood type in existence. Yeah. And it just so happens that both Barbara and Nora have this. Yeah. And they're the exact same weight and the exact same height. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying Nora Freeze could have been Batgirl. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's, there, there's, no, there's, I, I'm agreeing with you. It's like, this is very convenient. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so much convenience that it's like, oh, because it's Barbara Gordon, so she's Commissioner Gordon's daughter, and also she's Batgirl, yes. of, who also is dating uh, Robin, Robin, and who also is Batgirl. So also you get the Dark Knight, you get Batman yeah. involved with this. So the it's, it's the, the, the plot convenience yeah. is so just there. Be like it's it's a little contrived, but be like it's it's one of those nitpicks. I'm like really that that that's how you tie everything together yeah. is that oh they they fit to a T they could be siblings not really but seriously yeah it's just the 
they it's so just convenient and it's like oh they're the exact same height exact same weight they have the exact same blood type and ab positive be like yeah it's rare but it's not that rare apparently it is in gotham city apparently there was what seven people on that list 17 at least yeah and that we only know one of them was correct admittedly you could have had someone with ab positive i think it was positive i don't remember what yeah it was ab positive i know it was ab i just didn't remember if it was positive or negative mm. but i mean you could have had maybe somebody else but gotham city is still yeah. essentially supposed to be new york city yeah you're telling me nobody else in new york yeah that's that exactly the same build and height and blood type mm-hmm. nobody yeah just i mean granted here's the thing barbara gordon is in college yeah she's 20 she's 20 okay nora when cryogen when she was cryogenically frozen had to have been like late 20s maybe early 30s possibly because of the age that victor looks like uh in those in the Mm -hmm. because he's cryogenically frozen too essentially he's not aging either and he looks like he's older than Batman. Yeah. And Batman is very obviously late 20s. He's got to be old enough to be where, where Batgirl still looks like a immature form of a Bat person. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, totally Batman in the series. He's, yeah. He's like, he's in his, uh, far as I understand, he's in his, like his mid 30s. Batman is. Okay. Or, or like early, or like early still, 30s. Mr. Freeze looks older than him. Yeah. And admittedly, that a lot of that is art style and the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he's so frozen, he's bald now. Yeah. So, and bald does always make you look older. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and maybe blue skin makes you look older too. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But she, at best, she's like late 20s, early 30s, like I said. Yeah. Which would fit with what we were saying about Mr. Freeze. Exactly. Um, That makes those organs that he's willing to transplant into her 10 years younger. That's not going to factor into it either. I mean, I know it doesn't normally, I'm not a medical person. I know the age of the person doesn't normally fit into Mm -hmm. whether the organs fit. But at the same time, I didn't think the size, the height of a person affected that either. Mm. Especially when you have to consider that. And really, they would not know that Barbara Gordon was this, well uh trained and yeah. well and as fit as she was because she had to be av- able to be batgirl mm-hmm. um it's they're they're probably a lot more built up and better suited for stuff than maybe um nora's was you're right it's very convenient yes it is sorry i kind of went off on a tangent because <laughs> we're still on your side. yes yeah so a, a lot of when I pull when we do like uh, a, a Batman movie from the DCAU, a lot of times I go to um, and you go check them out there on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch Tower, watch Watchtower database. Be like they do all kinds of timelines. So, so if you're interested in that stuff, go check them out. Uh, big shout out to them. They're really good about the stuff. And a lot of the information I learned is from them. So go check them out. Uh, so this plot convenience could have been very well solved. With they could have picked just a, a another girl that that would have been it would have been more 
be like, okay, we've got to rescue her or something like that. And then somehow be like, you can, you can involve Batgirl, you can involve, but at the same time, be like, it's such a convenient plot device that it's, oh, it's Barbara Gordon. I and have it, a better plot device. Okay. All right. Shoot. Instead of Barbara Gordon being the one with the right blood type and the right organs and mm. all that stuff. Yeah. What if it was her roommate? It could have been. And neither Belson nor Mr. Freeze knew that they'd never seen Barbara Gordon. They probably, there may not have been a picture. They made a something, they made a something. They said, are you so-and-so? I can't remember who they said that girl's name was. And they realized, Oh, it's, Oh, this is Mr. Freeze. I need, I'm Batgirl. I need to be able to stop him. Yeah. So she takes his place. That is a lot more believable than, yeah, we must kid. We must conveniently kidnap Barbara Gordon, who we don't know is Batgirl. Yeah. I mean, this is the equivalent of in Batman 66, the movie, them kidnapping Bruce Wayne to lure Batman into a trap. Yeah. In that just, movie, it you, was funny. Yeah. In this, it's ill-conceived. Yeah, a little bit. Because it's a little too convenient. Yeah. I, I, I do like that idea. I do like the idea that they could have mistakenly kidnapped the roommate, and so that involves, you know, Barbara would have gotten involved. Or so, kidnap Barbara because the roommate happened to match Nora's credentials. Yeah. Possibly. Something like that. So either or. So either yeah, or. Yeah. So it's just that 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 very so just plot convenience. Oh yeah, it's Barbara Gordon. She fits everything to a T. Mm -hmm. And Barbara just connects with everybody. Be like, instead, you could have gone with her roommate, you could have gone with another another girl. That was roughly that's the same yeah. blood type. And A B positive is not that it's rare, but it's not that rare. Heck, you could use the same uh uh character concept art you use for Nora, change the hairstyle, and you're golden. Pretty much. You don't even have to do that much extra work and just have Barbara happen to want to go after her and save her. Yeah. Or exactly. maybe get kidnapped instead of her. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Either anyway. way. Yeah. So that's my First, it's like, what's yours? Okay, so I'm not sure timetable-wise how long between Deep Freeze and this movie is. But we do know it has to be long enough that they can go from essentially somewhere around Long Island Sound to the Arctic. Mm -hmm. And without even conceivably, as far as I could tell from mm -hmm. that, a boat to get them there. I assume maybe he stole a boat at yeah. some point, but still that is an awful long way for Nora Fra freezes cryo tube to be disconnected from electricity, especially since they don't hook it up to electricity when they get to the Arctic right. or a generator of any kind. They're the entire time they are dependent on whatever the cryochemicals in the cryo tube are plus the outside temperature to keep her that cold. And if it is keeping her, I mean, I know cryogenic would be even farther below zero than even Mr. Freeze is kept at mm -hmm. most of the time. Cause he can't go above zero, uh, absolute zero, you know, yeah. zero degrees Celsius. Um, they, she's what she stays fine up until her cryo tube gets smashed. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> Mr. Freeze is able to get her all the way back to Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. Same distance with a broken cryo tube. Yeah. 
If not, just leaving the cryo tube behind. Did they, did they have he, a spare one? Did they freeze her in a block of ice with his gun? Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of that they could have done to keep her frozen. Right. Or to keep her, hopefully, at that temperature, which there's no guarantee that even his freeze gun would keep it at the right temperature. Since right. It doesn't appear to get cold enough to kill the submarine crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. More on that in a minute. Right. But because uh, it just seems to freeze them and then their eyes blink. It's like, that's scary thought, all things considered. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, okay, admittedly, they do take the submarine back, probably. Possibly. May, and but it was maybe, frozen already. It was frozen. Well, yeah, it was frozen already. So they couldn't have taken that back. Yeah. Um, how did they keep her cold enough that they even could, not just to get her to the Arctic, but to also get her back to Gotham City to freeze her in the old in the old uh, derrick? Yeah. And how much did Mister Freeze have to keep freezing the old the, that room that she was in to keep her? cold enough to keep her cryogenically frozen true because bear in mind cryogenically means so frozen that the life processes stop but once melted they can restart again Mm -hmm. which admittedly is still theory even today yeah it's a that's even frozen theory it's a crackpot theory (laughs) i suspect but it is a it is a it is a thing that people have been trying to work on for so many times. Like unlike we said earlier, there mm-hmm. is a rumor that Walt Disney's head is frozen cryogenically in the somewhere in the utilidors underneath Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. It's a story, I guarantee you, but it has persisted. Uh, so, so my question is: under all of that, mm-hmm. how did they keep Nora Freeze cryogenically frozen? Half the time without power, and the other time outside of her chemical bath. Mm. Okay, that's so, my question. Okay, so two two points I want to get there is one you you keep mentioning Walt Disney's head. So I know he's not actually frozen. I know, I know, I know. Just <laughs> this, that's just the point. Just the point I'm trying to get. All right, so mention you mentioned his head. Yeah. It's, so it's always his head. It's never his whole body. Yes. So what I'm going to what i'm going to is whenever you get finished with that episode from the new adventures of batman rob i know in batman beyond he is just mr freeze's head exactly okay i think i what i understood from what i read it's actually only mr freeze's head Mm -hmm. in that episode that's been attached to a robot body yeah pretty much so yeah it's 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 weird yes it's weird also, also be like you you did mention a a timeline you know what the timeline is i have no idea what the time okay so uh, in the episode in the movie. Yeah. So we get, and it, it really does make a difference here because yeah. it depends on how long they were fro- they were up there in the Arctic before the submarine showed up. Okay. So there is a video that um, Watchtower Database did do because he's got to do timeline stuff like crazy. Right. So they do one over Mister Freeze and his timeline. So they do go over this time period between this the episode and this movie. So okay. if you want to know more about that, go check them out. Don't lead up and you can't give me an answer. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just giving you a hard time, dude. Don't go I'm... looking it up now. <laughs> just go ahead and tell me what your second dislike okay. of this movie is. My second dislike of this film 
there again, uh, there there's some really good CG in this movie, and then there's some not so good CG. Let's let's say more when they try to animate the actual characters. <laughs> oh I my! Gonna mention that. Uh, yes, I yes, I definitely want to mention that. So the the points where you you do see not a you know traditionally drawn character but where they completely cg the character it looks her be like alfred when the batwing's taking off it's literally they literally just move him back it like it's a it's a rigid framework it's it's so rigid it's not even funny it's uh, like he's frozen solid go ahead to, go ahead you're wrong go ahead but I think that is technically still a 2D cell in front of that 3D thing. It's just the compositing is really bad. Yeah, the compositing is really bad. Yeah. Because yeah. there, there's a point where Alfred, he's walking up to the, the Batwing, and obviously everything around it's CG. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, like, when they're doing character models, we're doing character models, they're very stiff, like extremely stiff. Now, granted, it could be the compositing, it could be a bunch of other stuff with that. But I just wanted to bring that up because there's just the ugh, <laughs> when it comes to character CG modeling, and it, granted it could be they're u- simply using models, but it's how it's rendered. I don't know how how it is, but it just looks not good. Well, the only reason I, I'm even pointing that out is because I I want to say that the only character who is actually compute have any computer generated stuff is Freeze. Yeah. Because for the most part, you can do his body. His body can have robotic movements, and it's not out of right out of the motif. Right. Whereas uh, anyone else needs to move like a human being. Yeah, and they don't. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't. I, I, that's why I'm saying I'm thinking it's probably more of they use a 2D cell, maybe not uh, freshly drawn 2D cell, maybe possibly from somewhere else, possibly. And they are compositing that in the spot into the CG animation. Yeah. It's, I see what you're saying. I agree with you. I'm just trying to be more clear about what's actually okay. going on because I don't think they actually use 3D on any of the characters, Mr. Freeze included, but the only one that would have worked on was Freeze. Right. Yeah. Either or. So that was just more the, they, there again, when they're using, you know, characters in a C, in a CG scene, now, granted, the scene where Robin is jumping onto the Batwing to get into the, the cockpit, that's very well done. But when you have, like, a static shot of, like, Alfred coming up to the Batwing or the, the Batwing is wing- leaving, you have this very, like, rigid character. Static, very... static shock wasn't in this movie. <laughs> he comes later in the DCAU. <laughs> very very I'm, true i'm being facetious dude <laughs> no you no you think <laughs> okay anyway continue uh yeah i just wanted to i just wanted to bring that up because the i just i thought it was interesting i thought it was interesting so yeah the mm-hmm. the cg the 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 character cg was a little rigid i'd say that either or. gotcha so my second dislike Barbara Gordon, I think, forgets she's Batgirl about most of the time when she's fighting in this movie. Okay. I mean, when she's Batgirl at the beginning, very good. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, she's fighting just like she's supposed to. Right. 
and I I can kind of forgive it perhaps when uh, she gets kidnapped there in the restaurant because she can't fight amazingly without maybe revealing that there's more to her than just being, you know, the commissioner's daughter. Right. However, there's a plenty of time. She could have gotten away from that old Eric really, really, really easily <laughs> based on who Batgirl, based on, based on uh, her, she gets a little too dis- uh, woman in distress, uh, uh, damsel in distress-ish. Possibly, yeah. At certain points in this movie where I'm sitting there going, you are stinking Batgirl. You can escape this situation easily. Yeah. Because if Batman and Robin can do it, guess what? You can do it too. Right. You could have, I'm not saying she could have swam to shore, but we know there was a boat because Goober dies in it later on. Right. (laughs) Also, why does Goober go underneath the burning old Derek instead of away at the end of the film. I'm sorry, that's beside the point. Right. But she could have gotten away from that about halfway through it to come back with Batman and Robin to stop Mr. Freeze from doing his thing. Right. Uh as Batgirl. And but no, she for unknown reasons, she I'm not saying she could have beat the polar bears. I think that's hard enough for even Batman to do. Right. But I think she could have put up a much better fight. Possibly. Than she puts up in this movie because she's freaking Batgirl. I agree. But I want I want to bring a counter to that. Okay. Okay. So we do see where Batgirl, she can handle herself very well yes. throughout the course of this film. I mean, like at points, be like she escapes twice but she's ultimately captured by the end of it but at the exact same time we find that she's one be like she could probably you know kick you know whatever his face is but the only problem is it's freeze is a problem yes freeze does not appear to be able to run all she can right and the only other henchman he's got on that entire old eric and by the way i'm not counting the polar bears in this because they're not henchmen they're pets right is belson yeah Belson is a fat tub of lard. I agree he with you. Never should have been able to catch up with her, even if she wasn't Batgirl. That is true. That is so true. If she was able to get out of that old Eric onto the platform and get to the edge to find out she's in the middle of the ocean, he shouldn't have been right behind her. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bill, I, I, I do, I do agree. It's kind of convenient that Batgirl she can't, she can't be like she does her best to try to escape it all, yeah. when she can't. But I do agree. Be like, she is Batgirl. She's been known to do these things to escape. But it does seem a little damsel in the stress. But she yeah. she can handle herself. Granted, the story kind of needs her to be a damsel in distress mm. to some degree, right? But at the same time, a part of me wonders: with a little bit better writing, could you have had her be a bit more? butt kickery oh i agree, I agree. Be more of the batgirl i remember right now granted it's been a long time since i've seen her in batman the animated series perhaps this really is about where she is at this point in who time. knows i don't know because literally the only other time i've seen this version of the character was in batman beyond return of the joker right which is five years after this when that those are or was it 10 years after this when those it's, events occur? Uh, in the flashback. 
in a uh, in a dis- in a distant future, as, um, well, I know as they've said. I know it's well, it's at least seventy years because Batman's still alive. Bruce Wayne's still alive. It's like twenty. And Barbara 20, Gordon is still alive. That's like twenty. Yeah, it's like uh, so, I, I don't remember, so I'm not going to try to. But I'm it. mostly talking about the flashback when uh, they oh, capture yeah. uh, Goober Boy. Cooper Robin, the that yeah. that Robin. It's not Dick Grayson. It's the other Robin. Mm. Uh, Todd. No, it's not Todd. It's not Todd. It's the other one. It's, uh, um, oh wow. Good night. It's Red Robin. Yum. <laughs> the guy one that turns into Red Robin in the comics. Right, 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 right. Because uh, not Todd. Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Yeah. Tim. Uh, when they're doing that, Batgirl is in that. Is in that flashback. Yes. And they, and she's a lot, admittedly, it's what, five, at least five years after this? Yes. At least, I'm, I'm estimating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's had more training and more workout yeah. and, you know, a lot more experience by this point. A lot more implied, too. Yeah. <laughs> but she's also a lot more of a, she, she's, that's the only other version of this character I've seen. So maybe I'm yeah. thinking too far ahead. Maybe. And maybe she's still more of a, she's not obviously an amateur, but she's still, she's kind of where Robin was when Robin first joined the team. Maybe. Maybe. I don't really remember. So I just want her, I, part of me, I think just wanted her to be more butt kickery. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And you do bring up some good points that it, it does kind of give, give that air that she needs to be. That she I mean, does need to be rescued. Plus, she's on an oil derrick. If we're <laughs> middle of nowhere, if we are talking about other versions of Batgirl that are in movies that include Mister Freeze, I think Alicia Silverstone uh, actually kicked more butt than she did. That is true. Well, granted, be like Barbara in this movie, she did hold her own in a lot she in, did lo- hold her in own. a lot of scenes. It's just there's a lot of times where the story forced her not to be. The Batgirl we saw in those first couple yeah, shots, exactly, and forced her to be the damsel in distress, and I can't figure out why that was good for her character. Yeah, admittedly, like I said, I can see it in the restaurant when she gets captured because if she shows her abilities too much there, it would reveal it has the possibility of revealing her secret identity. Right, it's the same reason why Dick and or Dick Grayson could not act better than that in that scene, also. My I, yeah. this is all theory i am guessing yeah exactly so anyway what number are we on three three third dislike sir third dislike okay so our finale of the film takes place on an oil derrick mm-hmm. okay great scene an abandoned oil derrick let me keep that in mind it's an abandoned oil derrick Which so is a lot more understandable than half the other abandoned warehouses probably in 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 that series. that is true <laughs> So, because that is something the Batman the animated series suffers from that you can definitely trace back to the 60s mm-hmm. is the amount of abandoned buildings. Yeah, it's gothic noir. Yeah. So, and then be like, oh gosh. Uh, Barbara Gordon is trying to escape. She's trying to escape Goober, uh, Goober Face with a gun. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Mr. Goober Belson? Face, Belson, who's in, you know, deeper debt than his, his, you know, he's, um, He's, he's swimming the eyeball with fishes with this one. That's why you don't play the stock market like that unless you know you can win. That is true. What do but, I know? I'm just a, I'm just a guy in the, in a in a dumpy apartment. So my point is, be like again, this is an abandoned oil derrick. 
So why is there crude oil on an abandoned oil derrick? When he shoots it, it hits oil. And even Barbara says, be like, stop shooting. you! There's oil up here. <laughs> that is a good question because they should have capped it off when they left. Exactly. Or at least transported it off, quote, quote, unquote, this abandoned oil derrick. Even Batman says that, it's an abandoned that, oil derrick. That is an EPA disaster, disaster waiting to happen. Exactly. Now, admittedly, we're in a post-BP oil spill world. Right. So we know this. But uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like, why would this even be at this point active? Because that looks like if any of those valves ever failed. Oh, yeah. You know due to saltwater corrosion, due to properly not being maintained, mm -hmm. uh, you'd have a lot of trouble on your hands. Agreed. It should not, there not, should not be any oil up there unless... I, I would forgive this. Yeah. If it wasn't an abandoned oil derrick. If it was an oil derrick that was just out there in the bay, yeah. where, it's, where they say it is, and uh, the crew of the oil derrick is disappeared. Yeah, and uh, communication's been cut off, and no one's been able to get out there to find out what's happening. Yeah, that I would accept more. Yeah, but, but then an abandoned oil derrick that happens to still be connected to the oil field that it's sitting on, or 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 the more fact maybe it's not connected, but it's still storing the oil, which makes no sense for an abandoned oil derrick. No, they would have gotten all the oil off of there. So they could at least process it, even if they were abandoning the old Eric. Yeah. But there's still tons of oil on that old Eric still. So apparently in the DCAU, the Batman series or the universe, apparently the company, whoever owns it. I know it's not Bruce Wayne. I know that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I saw it. it it's was, a, it's a, it had a name on it. It was like, uh. Oil Co. Or, or like Oil Co. Or something yeah, Oil like Coal or something like that. something very generic. Very generic. So apparently Oil Coal is now, you know you know, million dollars in debt because they, you know, neglected and abandoned oh, oil, Derek. Oh, the EPA is going to have a field day with them. <laughs> what is this Where, we where's this episode? Hey, Orco, what, this is the EPA. What's this we hear about an abandoned oil, Derek, exploding in flames when Mr. Freeze was on it? <laughs> and if, if a frozen, if, if, if the Iceman can't keep the oil, Derek, from exploding, how bad a shape did you leave it in? Because the ice mon cometh. Okay, we're moving into my third dislike because it's going <laughs> to deal with that. Because here's my biggest problem with this. Okay. With this old Eric. Yeah. Okay. Mister Freeze is on it. Yeah. He has an ice gun. Yes. That can freeze things. Yes. And he does it a lot in this movie. Yeah. Why does he not shoot any of the stupid fire? In this, I don't he, care how hot it's going. You, he's got unlimited ice gun power uh, shots. Probably, he could probably freeze this fire and let it. Even if it melts, it's still going to extinguish the fire. It's not going to immediately vaporize the water. Good point. Very good. That point. is something that annoys me tremendously about the ending of this movie. Is Mister Freeze could have not only saved himself, but everyone else, even. Goober Boy, whose name I can't think of now, now that you called him Goober Boy. Uh, the guy who's in debt up to his eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, I never want to say Benson. That is not his name. No, it's not. Uh, but it could have even saved him because he wouldn't have been... He, the, the thing probably wouldn't have fallen off and hit his boat that 
when he went ah, from <laughs> underneath a flaming oil derrick to escape. This guy was an idiot. I'm sorry. I don't care if the fastest way back to dry land was to go under the oil derrick. You go around the burning oil derrick to get home. It's just common sense. I I, 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 I totally get your point. I totally get your point. The, the, the fact sticks. Follow them. Think them through. Well, I don't care that this is more dramatic. Well, Victor... Mr. Freeze does use his gun to stop the flames, but he doesn't use it to uh, like stop it initially. So uh, it sounds like it's more, it's a, a, a plot device. It is a plot device. It's a poorly made plot device. Yes, I agree. He could have kept the whole thing from going if he'd have just shot his ice beam at the first thing, that first bit of flames that popped out around Barbara Gordon, the woman he wants to keep alive temporarily so mm. he can trans illegally transplant her organs against her permission into his wife. Mm. He should be, at that point, I don't care how angry he has at her, he should be more, really more concerned about her not blowing up. <laughs> That's true. Especially since if she blows up, his wife's probably going to blow up too because she's down in the middle of that old Eric. And there's a part of me that when they get ready to come back up and they say, and, and they can't go up the, the stairs. I don't remember why. Oh I my gosh. The, the like, oh, we can take the elevator. Like, what? <laughs> that goes against everything I've ever read in an elevator. You do not use an elevator in the event of an emergency. Because be like, for, for me, it was like, okay. <laughs> so, okay. We, it is set up in the movie that the order does have an elevator and it, it is used, yeah. but Barbara Gordon's the one be like, oh, let's use the elevator. I'm like, Barbara, seriously? How you're in college. She's you a very intelligent girl. Why the I'd be like, you I understand plot convenience. I get it. But this at the same time. I, I know Batman Beyond was probably in production at this point. This was made. Yeah. So we know she was going to survive. Right. Because she's the police commissioner at in Batman Beyond, and she's dumb enough. As someone who's going to be police commissioner, she's dumb enough to take the elevator in the event of an emergency. But I think convenience-wise, it just... And it, guess what? The elevator sticks. Yeah. I was like, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. What are you people doing? The the, the the all The only explanation, the only solid explanation I can give that is because it gives Victor Freeze another another mm -hmm. moment to yes. show his humanity where he can save Batman, save, you know, Barbara... And everybody else to show that be like, oh, he's actually a good guy. I agree. But at the it, same time, it's such a just like, what the fudge? There's, do not get me wrong. I think this is a very good movie. Yeah, indeed. It's just there's parts of this I go, y'all needed another writer to take a pass at this and point out all the logistical hiccups because I think y'all stared at the script too long. <laughs> and you already had that sunk cost problem. You need someone to go over and say, hey. Here's an idea. Don't destroy the stairs. Destroy the elevator so they have to take the stairs. Mm -hmm. That would make more sense. <laughs> but anyway. All right. That's that's that my brings us to the end of think of the of our like our dislikes. Yeah. Uh I finished my third. I finished my third. Okay, good. So uh yeah, we need to go ahead and rate this thing. What are you yeah. giving it? Uh even though be like, yeah, there are so many, you know, just coincidental little things here and there that kind of hamper the story in so many ways. I still love this film to death. It's so good. Uh, it has 
there again be like you're you have this bright very bright light on uh mr freeze and his story and the development of his story even more even though some people said be like well there's no arcs in here there's mm -hmm. arcs and there's a very good arcs and uh the 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 plot convenience in this show this movie is just layered on thick and um it's a movie about conveniences that's all it is but overall i thoroughly enjoyed this film i'm giving it an eight it's a great film definitely go watch it uh go watch it at uh hbo max go buy it somewhere buy it with mask of the phantasm which is another good film we reviewed so mm -hmm. go check that one out so yes eight i'm giving it a 7.5 okay it's still a very good film yeah I just wish it was a little bit better, a little bit better thought out. But for the most part, it does. It, it's a good ending for this trilogy of stories, mm -hmm. starting with uh, Heart of Ice and then uh, Deep Freeze. I keep wanting to go straight to Cold Comfort because yeah, in my mind, freeze. that's the next one. But anyway. Next series. Yeah, it's the next one. Mm -hmm. It's the one after this. All right. But uh, yeah. You would think Deep Freeze would come after Sub Zero is what goes through my mind. Right. But anyway, I'm giving it seven point five because it is a good it is a good ending for this arc of stories. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's a very good movie. I've got issues with how it maybe treats Barbara, and there's some logistical errors mm -hmm. I think that are just not as well thought out. But for the most part, it's still fun, good Batman story, good. and I I enjoy it. So yeah, seven point five. All right. Which brings us to the end of another episode. Exactly. Next week, we will be reviewing Lupin the Third, the first, mm -hmm. which is an odd title until you understand that this is, I think, supposed to be Lupin the Third's origin story. Yeah, this comes. This was uh, the 2019 movie that came out. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, my question to you is: Are Arson Lupin the Third's who who is Arson Lupin the Third's grandfather's nemesis from his first story. Oh, that's that's a deep dive. Not really. Really? If you do any amount of research, you can figure out what I'm actually asking. Okay. So is that our trivia? That is our trivia. Excellent. Who was Lupin the Third's grandfather's first uh enemy? All right. Book. That's really what I'm asking. The first enemy in his book. Who was he uh, initially going up against? Okay. I'll tell you after because you're going to find it hilarious. Okay. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this ep this, this episode. I never said this movie. This is not a movie. But uh, yeah, this episode. Uh, join us next time for that. If you are a patron, check your uh, messages on Patreon to get a link for something we're doing this Thursday with Monster Island Film Vault because he's graciously allowing our patrons to also join in with his patrons for a patron-only live stream recording of the episode. Really? That is what's going on there. Awesome. So Dude, check that out, guys. Yeah. If you're one of our patrons, I put the link in there. We're going live Thursday at 8. So join us then for that. Plus next week, Lupin the Third, the first. All right. And other than that, I think that's, I think this is just, well, bleh, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. 
his Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner where he tries to draw each and every day, his Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, his Twitter at Jacob Heron, and his letterbox at Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen, his Facebook page Drew's photo bin to see his photography, his letterboxed page at G. George 759, his Twitter at G. George 759, and Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. Ice chopper. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>